on today's expose, I wanted to highlight Cable, who Cable. is like, he's kind of a big player in this animated series. Like he's in a lot of episodes, but yeah. technically he debuted in the Uncanny X-Men number 201 in January of 1986, but we didn't know he was Cable yet. He didn't appear as Cable until 1990, four years later in the New Mutants 87 of March of 1990. That's crazy. Yeah, because he was the son of uh, oh, yeah. Scott and Madeline Pryor. Yeah. yeah. And then in as the baby, future. yeah, as baby Nathan <laughs> Strife came and was like, I infect you with this techno-organic virus. So they had to send him to the Fuchsia to save him. And then Cable debuted four years later, and they didn't even tell us at first, Kevin, that this was Nathan. They let us, like, believe that Cable was his only person for, like, I want to say almost a year before they wow. revealed it. Yeah. That's so crazy. Because, you know, like, see, I'm spoiled because it's like I knew everything from the beginning of time. But, you know, when it came out, I guess there was this whole, like, who is this guy? Who's this yeah. guy? Where did he come from? Greece too, Greece too. So, and he was so popular because he had just come out in 1990 that Marvel was like, we want you to put Cable in your little X-Men animated series show because the people want him. Mm-hmm. The people have spoken. Yeah, so we'll talk about how he translated to the cartoon. Okay. But first... I go I wanna go. Gene! Scott! Gene! So what's the thing that comes after that? Let's take a selfie. Yeah, that's what it is. Let's take a selfie. I was like, good like the drag queens. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Sean. This is Solving for X. I'm Sean. I'm the... What would you, do I have a label yet on this show? I don't, do no, I? No, we, we don't have any labels. I don't know what to say. I don't, I'm, okay. like, I'm just like, I'm lost. I'm Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> I'm Sean Sean. <laughs> I am loving all the love we're getting for our show. We've had a few people write in and say that they love us together. Aw, see? Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, I've started doing something, and I realized the other day, like, I should bring this up on the show. Kevin, I've been putting out polls on Spotify. I Yeah, that's right. I haven't seen them, but, yeah, we haven't really announced it. I'm just like, ooh, like a little poll. I'm going to vote. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It is neat that you're doing that. So I'm going to talk about the poll now. Um, at the beginning of every episode, we'll call it Previously On. <laughs> oh, fun. Get it? Get it? Do you get it? Do you get yeah, it? Yeah, I, I totally get it. so our last question was who is your favorite morlock and 100 percent hands down 
it was Leech. In more news, this is really exciting and so timely with the beginning of our show. Um, Marvel Legends, the toy line, has just announced they're making a morph figure from... I saw the picture! I saw the picture! Oh, you know what? I do. Marvel Legends are huge, and I do love them. And yeah. I was talking to Paul, talk, talking to Paul from Power of X Men about this. He's like, "Do you collect Marvel Legends?" He's. I'm like, you know, I thought about it, <laughs> but I knew if I started, I'd just be down a rabbit hole, and I it would just be too much, and I wouldn't be able to have any space for them. So I didn't do it. But <laughs> I love them. Yeah, it's they're, just a lot. <laughs> they're very pretty. Like they, because I know historically, like the women never look good as toys, but Marvel Legends like gets the woman right. And yeah. I only have one. I have Dazzler because she was on clearance at GameStop when they were going out of business. So I grabbed her. I have Dokken. Oh. Or I have I have the variant Dokken where he's like with the the dark Wolverine. Where he has no hood, but he has like the mohawk and he has like the tattoos out. So I can I can grab it. I just show it to you. But that's, How that's the only that one. You have the bisexual character. <laughs> Oh, I wonder how that turned out. <laughs> how, how strange! <laughs> well, you know that that's how I first heard about him actually, because I had a, I have a friend who was like a big comic book person, and when I told him I was bisexual, he's like, "You know, there's a uh, uh, Wolverine's son is bisexual." I was like, "What? Really?" So then, so then I went out and I just like bought all the docking comics I could find, and like all his like origin <laughs> story and stuff, and I read them all because I was I was like, "This is cool." I love it. I see me, even though he's like he's like super psychopathic and like crazy and whatever. I still love him. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited because there was an Iceman comic after he came out where like he moved to LA and he was trying to like fit into the gay scene while being a mutant. And like he moved back to Westchester and then Dokken became like the villain in that series. And I was like, this is so sexy because Dokken would like flirt with Iceman, but he's like the guy you don't want to get involved <laughs> with. And right, I was really excited, boy. and then it didn't go on that long. They kind of just stopped <clears throat> the whole Dokken Iceman thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice, too, because after he got over his daddy issues a little bit more, <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he stopped trying to kill him a little bit. You know, he, he's, he leveled out a little bit more. I was like, he's kind of fun. Like, he's, he's nicer to people now. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's super manipulative, now. but still. <laughs> it's funny that you bring him up because currently he's kind of with Aurora, who we see in this episode today. Oh, see? Yes, I yeah. did. I was just, I was going to, yeah, we'll get to it. But I was just like, how many people did you find? Because I was trying to name them all. I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of people like running around in this episode. Oh, bro, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, I knew you were. You can just oh, quiz actually, me to see how many eyes. How many I saw then? Okay. <laughs> Actually, before we get to the episode, one last thing I almost forgot. Kevin, guess what? What? In the UK, under TV Review Podcast, we are in the top 50. We ranked number 46 for our little show. Wow. I was so what? brand new. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. People like us and people like hearing about the X-Men. X-Men. That's cool. They should do they should do a mix of both songs. The nineties song and the Pride uh, Kitty Pride, Pride of X Men song. Okay. I'm in, hotel, I'm in this hotel all week for work, so now that's okay. I'm gonna try that. Okay. I'm gonna try mixing okay. that. The mashup. Ooh, that'll be fun. Okay. So uh, today we're talking Slave Island, which aired March 6, 1993, written by Mark Edward Edens. 
Okay. All right. An alarm blares through a prison cell on Genosha. It wakes up Jubilee, Storm, and Gambit, who are now wearing mutant-powered dampening collars. A loud speaker tells them to be happy in their work. Not hard to do when you are enslaved. Enslaved. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Get so, to work. <laughs> we have our first two cameos here. So we have, I put Thunderbird slash Warpath because yeah, after Thunderbird got killed. Sure. Yeah, Thunder, his little brother took on the moniker Thunderbird, but then later became Warpath. So I would say he's Warpath. They have like the same kind now. of outfit. Okay. Yeah. And we also saw Avalanche, who put a pin in that because we'll be talking about him next week. <laughs> avalanche, Avalanche. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Scene two. Okay. Outside, mutants in collars are forced to do manual labor. It's, it's explained to our trio that the collars dampen powers as if they're, they're like leech, but in color form. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and if they are tampered with, they will explode on you. Too bad. <laughs> The guards turn off the collars, and Storm instantly takes action. <laughs> She's like, yeah, like, okay, collars off. Do you work? She's like, now is the time! <laughs> Damn it, Jubilee! <laughs> Let us go! <laughs> it's just so funny, because they just explained, like, what would happen if you tried to revolt? She's like, no, we go! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, she flies into the sky, and... Attacks the guards. Storm ain't too bright because the guard immediately turns the collar back on and she falls from the sky, landing in water. My Storm tum- <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Storm tumbles to safety on a nearby shore where a sentinel emerges and snares her. It flies up and returns her to the others. I love how they like hang, like like it, like it, like magnetized your feet or something to their hand. Like I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the sentinel feels it has to tell us it apprehended Storm. Just in case you can't, you couldn't tell. <laughs> Enter Bolivar Trask. Jubilee recognizes him from before. He tells the Sentinel to dispose of Storm permanently. (laughs) Gambit convinces them she's too powerful to kill because of her weather powers. You know, got this, like, damn you're making, you know? You might need her weather powers to fill it later. She's like, oh, yes, she may be too strong and useful. Okay, well, put her in the box then. (laughs) It took me a minute to realize you were doing a Gambit impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like half-assing it. I'm just like I'm kind of doing impressions. I'm kind of not. I just I can't decide what I feel like doing half the time. <laughs> so you know, um, instead they put Storm in a box, which we know she don't like. She's like, no, anything but the box, not the box. And like, um, but I love at this point too because like <laughs> afterwards, like or maybe before, there's one of the guards. She's like, you, go break rocks. 
I'm like, what? Yeah. Is that a serious job? Or is that just busy work? I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, that comes later. But yeah, I laughed at that too. <laughs> but I love it. And oh yeah, and she did have like the public service announcement too. She's like, knowledge is power. <laughs> yeah. Gambit, knowledge is power. I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> Schoolhouse true. rocket over here. Magic school <laughs> yeah. bus, whatever it is. Like... <laughs> So for I did longest, feel bad for Storm. Yeah. Anything but the box. For a yeah. long time, I wondered, like, if these collars are so easy to come by, how come Rogue and Gambit didn't just, like, slap on a collar and, like, get the deed done? I know. But they actually addressed that in the Rogue and Gambit comic. It gives them headaches. Oh. Yeah, so well, I like that writer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have three more cameos. Cameo, cameo, yes. So we have Caliban, which we mentioned in last week's episode because he's a Morlock. And he was actually a really big part of the comics. He was in, um, I think, X-Men Apocalypse, but he didn't really do much. But uh, he's the one who, if you remember in the comics, he, like, kidnapped Kitty and wooed her in uh, Captain (laughs) Hearts. Oh, okay, yes. And then the uh, kind of racist uh, Asian man is Sunfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I wonder, I, I think about like, what is Jubilee thinking? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then uh, we also had Northstar, who, of course, was on the Canadian team, uh, Alpha Flight with Wolverine. And Northstar, I'm excited to say, Marvel, like, outed him all the way back in the 80s. He's one of the first, like, gay first. heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. And hold on to that, because we have another gay hero coming up in this episode. Do you know who it is? Uh, let me look at the list of who I... Okay. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I saw Sunfire, I saw Thunderbird, I saw North Star, I saw Blob, Domino, Feral. Mystique is kind of in here, but she's, like, bisexual. That's true. Um, who's the other one? I'll tell you when it comes up. Okay. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I, I don't know about, about that. this person. There's also Mystique. This is a very queer episode yeah. without even trying. See? Yeah. <laughs> Later, Jubilee and Gambit are busy at work. Jubilee wonders when the fun begins. She's worried about Storm. Gambit assures Jubes that at least Storm's alive. He's then told to go kick rocks. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sunfire is busy using his power to dry concrete. There's a, there's a disruption in the forest. Trask is concerned that it's him. Two sentinels fly off to <clears throat> investigate. Jubilee uses the diversion to grab a piece of metal wire. The mutants are sent back to their cells. Yeah. All right, we have another cameo. Blob! <laughs> <laughs> the Blob! No one can defeat the Blob! Yeah. Nothing moves the Blob! <laughs> <laughs> Except for, okay, solving for X, I was really mad. To this day, I'm really mad at X-Men Apocalypse because they have the, the Blob fighting Angel in, like, a ring. Oh, yes. And Angel moves the blob with his wings. I'm like, no, that's his power. You can't move the blob. Right. Right. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Annoying. <laughs> it is. 
the mutants are heading back to their cells when the loudspeaker announces, No more work today. Your le- your leader loves you. <laughs> that was so weird. Like, it's ew. creepy. Like, oh, no, no. <laughs> your leader loves you. Everyone is locked back into their cells. Yay, and we get two more cameos. We get Feral and we get Domino. Yeah. So we're seeing a pattern with these cameos. This is X-Force, basically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they must have got them all in the same place. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Back at the manor, Cyclops slams down the phone and asks to be right, reminded to never buy stock in the Genosian phone company. <laughs> oh, Scott. <laughs> Even your, like, witty comebacks are, like, dad jokes. I know. Um, He's such a dad joke guy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that darn phone company. Oh, God's there. (laughs) Phone company should have gotten Verizon. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's have a nice little family chat. (laughs) Yep. At the table. Yeah. (laughs) Cyclops, Jean, and Rogue are worried for their teammates when Wolverine walks in. He has returned. He sneezes because he was somewhere cold. Achoo! Canada makes me sneeze. (laughs) We get a 90s moment, though. Did you catch the 90s moment? You got mail. 90s moments. No, is it the phone? Yeah, Scott was calling on a landline. Who uses landlines <laughs> today? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have them anymore. But, oh, yeah. Landline, landline. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember we used to have, I even used to go to my grandma's phone where I had the um, rotary phones. Oh, yeah, my grandma had one I too. Even, yeah. So I got to, you know, they were still around in the 80s, 90s as, like, old people phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know. Back on Genosha, the power goes out in the cell block. Young, oh, young Jubilee. Such a youngling. Ex-Woman Supreme uses the stolen metal cable to pick her lock. She's like, you know, I had a friend who taught me how to pick locks because we're so cool. We're mall babes. Mm. She finds Gambit's cell and tells him she has a plan. Gambit is hesitant to go along with the plan. He doesn't want to end up like Storm. He refuses to cooperate with Jubilee's idea and tells Jupes to scram. Jubilee goes to the other mutants and tells her, her she has a plan. Blob, Feral, and Sunfire don't want to help either. They're like, no, it's too dangerous. And Blob's like, dumb kid, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. And I'm like, dumb dog, why are you following me? I kept thinking of Annie. But that's me. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, as the power comes back on, Jubilee quickly runs back to her cell before the camera sees her. <laughs> so... I want to do a quick highlight on Jubilee. And it's funny that you brought up how would she feel about Sunfire because I feel like that plays into what I'm going to talk about. Okay. So Jubilee is voiced by Allison Court, who I personally love because I mind blown when I found out she voices not only Dawn from Care Bears 2. (laughs) (laughs) 
a movie I personally love. Um, she also <laughs> voices Claire Redfield through like the majority of the first Resident Evil games. I told that to my cousin because we're playing Code Veronica, re- replaying it right now. I'm like, guess what? Do you know what voice she did? She did Jubilee. <laughs> I, was telling, yeah. I, was, I was telling him this. I was like, and, but you know, Claire Redfield is actually my favorite Resident Evil character. I might have told you that before. You have. Yeah. She's my second favorite, only to Leon. (laughs) Okay. Well, get your Resident Evil 2 on and you're good. (laughs) Yep. With our powers combined, we represent Resident Evil 2. See? Which is, you know, widely accepted as probably the greatest Resident Evil game of all time. But, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Allison Court actually recently said that she will not be voicing Jubilee in X-Men 97, the 2023 extension. Why? Is her voice too old now? No, she actually feels that it's not appropriate for a white person to voice an Asian character. Oh, that's right. I did hear this. Yeah. So she'll still be in it. She's voicing a new character that has not been announced as of yet. Do you have any thoughts on who you'd like to see Allison Court voice? Uh, Who? who, Oh, okay. I was thinking, who would want me to play? Who would want me to voice Jubilee? But you want Allison Court to... Okay. Uh <laughs> Let's see. Um, are there any options on the table, or just making it for hearsay? Let's see. Yeah, it could be like for me personally. Um, I think I'd want it to be Shadow Cat. I think it'd be interesting to be able <gasps> to introduce her into. Oh my gosh, she'd be so good as Shadow Cat. Yeah, she'd be so good. Yeah, and I think that would kind of be a fun way to introduce another new person into the team. Hmm. Yeah. So that Pride of the X Men redo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back at the manor, Cyclops tells Professor X that they are ready to go to Genosha. The professor gives a really detailed reason as to why he can't join them in Genosha. He has things to do. <laughs> Rogue, Cyclops, and Jean head to the Blackbird. Yes. He's acting, like, really sketchy right now, this professor. <laughs> I mean, it, which is kind of like him. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's like, I have things that I can't tell you. You are not ready. Like, oh, yeah. all right. Well, <laughs> fine. Whatever you say. <laughs> back, back in the manor, the professor uses dial-up. Like, yeah, but I can't, I, I'm not a sound effects person, but it's fine. Uh, to Neither call a mirror island, he is contacting Myra McTaggart, my long lost love. Oh, oh, as the X team flies out of the Blackbird. Wow, so we have our first inkling of Myra McTaggart. Yes. Oh. Yeah, and we also have a 90s moment because dial up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, the internet was very, very new. I mean, even actually, I don't think when computers were around, but like internet wasn't even until like mid 90s. So, because do you remember the Power Rangers episode where like, I've discovered the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you about this. Adam's like, ooh. <laughs> it's so fun. Anyway. Yeah, I was watching Power Rangers right before we started recording. <laughs> well, See, I need to get back on my Power Rangers bandwagon. I'm so behind. You do. Catch up to me. 
I know. We can watch it together. Oh, yeah. we're not doing a Power Rangers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Somebody even brought that up. Like, you should do Power Rangers. I was like, no. <laughs> There's too many episodes. It would never end. I know. Oh. <laughs> so, um, just recently, I don't know if you heard, but Moira be a mutant now. Uh, I did hear that very, I don't forget what they said her powers were, but I did hear that in the grumblings. <laughs> she has the power to be reborn into a new <gasps> That's reality. That's right. That's right. That's right. I did read that. Where did I read that? It was like last year sometime. So I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty recent. She's And where I am in the comics right now, I just read through Inferno, and she gets a little crazy between her mystique and destiny. It gets a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> all right back at genosha jubilee is woken up by an announcement and an alarm she notices gambit be gone sunfire tells her gambit was taken away in the night he tells her that they will go along with her plan after all jubilee calls her fellow mutants into action and kicks the collar controller out of the guard's hands the mutants immediately act out Jubilee presses the deactivation button, but it has no effect. A sentinel begins attacking the mutants. It apprehends Jubilee, and it is revealed that a mutant had ratted Jubilee out. She's placed in the box with Storm. Oh, crazy betrayal. Whoa, she had a plan. She had mutants on her side ready to act. And then, failure. I wonder who ratted them out. I know. Why would they do that? (laughs) (laughs) So, and we have three new cameos in this scene. Oh, my. We have Mystique, who we talked about. We have Aurora, who we talked about. Because how can you have North Star and not have Aurora? They're brother and sister. I know. With their similar outfits. They're like matchy-matchy. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) And this one, he looks very different than usual, but he's the one wearing the green and white suit with the long brown hair. Oh. That's Richter, who is queer. (laughs) Yeah, I did not recognize him. I know. Actually, he wore that outfit for such a little period of time that I even had to look it up to be like, I think that's Richter, but I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And it's funny because I remember even from a young age, I've always liked Richter even before they announced that he's gay. So I don't know what drew me to him, but I was drawn to him and Iceman. <laughs> That's another one that they put in the movies. Which one was it? Which one, which movie was he in? He was like, which one was that? Was it three? Uh, or was it so. Apocalypse? I'll look it I up. It three. Your, yeah, I think it's yeah. three, but it's I'll in, look it up just to be yeah. sure. I remember that scene, though, that you're describing. Yeah. Because I remember seeing him, I'm like, what movie was that again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I wanted to talk about, like, the box. Oh, okay, real quick. He was in in Logan, played by Jason Janeo. Oh, it was Logan. Yeah. Okay. He was part of the X-23 program. Oh, but wasn't he, I thought he was in another one. Like, he's probably, I thought he was in that one, but he wasn't in another one. Because it was like older. He was with, I feel like he was with Magneto. No, in that's the only one it shows here. Oh, then which one am I thinking of? I have to, I have to find what I'm thinking of and, and let you know because I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the, uh, in the box, Storm sounded crazy to me. She's like, Jubilee, 
Jubilee, do not be afraid. Gambit will save us. I'm like, this. your time in this little box has made you crazy for a little bit, Storm. Like, okay. Yeah. I was she was like weirding me out. Like, is she? I like, is she gonna turn? Into, I feel like she's gonna like be like possessed by some demon and attack of a like. You know, it's like when the ghost attack, like possess you. That's what it was like. I was like, you're not right. <laughs> In the box, Storm isn't looking so good. Yeah, she'd be crazy. Her claustrophobia is hitting hard, and she's like sweating. <gasps> she promises to make a snowstorm when the sun rises. She tells. Jubilee, that she trusts in Gambit to rescue them. Jubilee loses hope and cries. Aw. So I really like this kind of trust that she has in Gambit because, like, the rest of the team seem like they don't trust Gambit so much. And, like, to me, it harkens back to when Gambit was introduced in, I believe, 89. He first met Storm on his own, and she's the one who kind of brought him to the X-Men. So, like, to me, it's kind of a nod to, like, even though this is a different reality and even though it's a different story, there's still that bond between them. Yeah. That's nice. I love that. Yeah. Poor Gambit. Except for the fact (laughs) that he's a traitor. (laughs) (laughs) I know. What's up with that? But maybe there's a reason, I suppose. But, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. We'll figure it out. A limo drives toward the compound as Trask shows Gyric Master Mold. Master Mold! A huge <laughs> sentinel that has the power to make other sentinels. Enter Hodge and a man calling himself the Colonel. I mean, the leader. Hodge reveals he is the development advisor to the Genosian government. To me, it sounds like he's the regional assistant to, or the assistant to the regional <laughs> manager. <laughs> That's the kind of title this is. <laughs> the leader is worried about the uprising, but Trask reveals they allowed it to break the mutant spirits. He says they were informed it would happen by a traitor. It's Gambit. Guy oh! re- <laughs> Thank you for dramatic <laughs> effects. <laughs> Gyric grills Gambit. Gyric grills Gambit on his involvement with saving Jubilee. Gambit says that he'll take Gyric to the X Men whenever he's ready in exchange for release. Gyric agrees, but sends Gambit back to his cell for now on a transport. So, like, I guess the only thing I'm wondering at this point, help me out here, like, so Jubilee's uprising didn't work because of Gambit ratting her out. But wouldn't they have escaped anyway if he didn't rat them out? <laughs> yeah. I was very confused. It's like, Gambit has a plan, but he doesn't want... Maybe he was just trying to be deceitful. Maybe he's just like, he's like, her plan they'll be expecting. My plan will at least take them off guard. So he That's feels like true. they'll have the upper hand. Yeah, this way at least they have an ace in the hole. So if Jubilee's plan didn't work, at least he's still, like, away Mm -hmm. from the cells. That's true. Yeah. So we also kind of, like, talked about this with Chris on the Enter Magneto episode. Um, Do you remember Hodge was the lawyer for Beast? Yes. Yes. It's very much, like, talked about online. Is this the same Hodge as the one that was representing Beast? Oh, oh, they think it's a different one? 
yeah, because people think it's weird that he would have gone from a lawyer protecting mutants to like, what was his title? The uh, advisor to the Genosian government against mutants. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's totally like normal, valid that he could be playing both sides. Like he could be, you know, using the whole lawyer thing as a front to like just get more mutants. Like I don't know, governments are, are always shaded like that. So why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think that too, especially because we talked about how he like betrayed Angel to Apocalypse. So like yeah. it's very like he cut off a, he told the doctors to cut off Angel's uh hurt wings, which led to him becoming Archangel. So yeah, he's a traitorous person, so it's believable. Mm. And you, I figured out who I was thinking about from the X Men movie. <laughs> who? It was Arclight. Oh, okay, okay, yes. That was a different one. You're right. Yeah, and I totally... It's a woman. <laughs> yeah. I totally thought it was like a gay man the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. I learned something new just now. <laughs> wow. Solving for X. <laughs> yes. It's not a gay man, but a woman. All right. <laughs> And I mean, I know I've mentioned this before, but I do still really like the way that they're writing Gambit to be this like unknown player. Cause that's when he was introduced in the comics, he had a deep secret and he was connected to Mr. Sinister and we didn't know how or why for a long time. So this is great writing. Yes. Ooh. Okay. 12. On the hover transport, Gambit shows his captors a car trick. Cause in the air. <laughs> it's not very good. It's not very good. One. There's no kinetic energy in this. How rude. <laughs> it's just 52 pickup. Uh, Gambit elbows the guards and makes a break for it. The guards shoot at him from the transport. Suddenly, the transport is engulfed in yellow and splodies. Oh, it is revealed that it was shot by a cave. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, the wild man of Borneo. He is trying to save the mutants. Cable gives Gambit a key to the collars. He's like, maybe this can help you. Like after he already unlocked his collar. Maybe this can help you. Maybe you'll find some use in it. Like, and then he's like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I had my friend Anthony sent me a screenshot of Gambit's butt at the start because Gambit's like on the ground bending over in front of Cable. <laughs> it's like, ooh, miss, look at my butt. Ooh, yep. Ooh, can you move your jacket out of the way? <laughs> Back at the compound, Hodge tells Gyrith and Trask that Cable was a mercenary in the leader's army until he learned what the leader was actually up to. So he's not for democracy. He's for enslaving mutants. Hmm. Cable escaped and began a revolution. Enter the leader. He's sure Cable won't live much longer. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of have some beef with this. I don't like Cable's backstory. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I know, like, saying that he's a soldier from the future and he's got a Gene's son, like, that's a lot to throw into a cartoon. But I don't know, just, yeah, it's it's almost, like, too simplified, I think. 
I mean, I mean, in the story, in this cartoon. In this cartoon, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, it's. I'm just like, who is this person? Like, if I was like brand new, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the born. You're a Borneo man. All right. <laughs> but yeah, in the comics, you're right. He's very like convoluted. Like, <laughs> there's no way to follow his story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. All right. <laughs> Fourteen. Meanwhile, at the prison camp, Sentinels are patrolling the area. In the box, Jubilee and Storm are sweating it out. She's like, oh, what'd she say? A, a sauna. It's just like a sauna in here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I go in the sauna all the time. Either the sauna or the steam room. I love that because I love the heat. So I probably would have enjoyed it being in there. Maybe not for as long as they were, but, you know, a good 20 minutes, I would have been like, Mm, enjoy it but (laughs) (laughs) yes oh yes feel the glisten um but yeah this went in and out until gambit splodies the wall he rescues storm and jubilee and makes a run for it through the wall jubilee is very sweaty but she's not losing much (laughs) 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 gambit's like carrying her she's like you'll sweat so much how are you not losing anyway you're so fat oh and like (laughs) She's just a she's just a little girl, Gambit. You know, they're very sensitive about their weight. <laughs> no wonder why she wears a trench coat everywhere she goes. <laughs> right. Don't don't look at me. No no. <laughs> uh, um <laughs> the trio escape into the forest. There you go. <laughs> Jubilee is fat femination. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's totally okay. <laughs> Back at the compound, the leader reveals that the collars were invented by a scientist in Scotland. The leader, Gyric and Trask, are plotting when hot female soldier enters and reports that three mutants escaped. She reports that Gambit freed them. Just then, Cable shoots and explodes the facility. This made me laugh too. He's like, "Take me to my car." No, not that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, I can't go through the door." <laughs> <laughs> no, not that way. Like, no. <laughs> the other way. So that made me laugh. <laughs> So I think this was a tie-in to episode nine, which we'll be talking about next week because he mentions a scientist in Scotland making the collars, which we know the cure takes place in Scotland on Muir Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just and love the way they tie it all together. And I don't know the leader very well, but is he involved with the Hellfire Club at all? Because he was dressed very strangely. Actually, it's funny you bring him up. He was actually, I even looked him up because I was like, who's this jackass? He was actually created <laughs> for this episode. So he's nobody. Oh, oh, wow. Because yeah. I'm like, I have no idea who this person is, but he's dressed like very kind of old school with his hair and like little bows. I'm like, this is very Hellfire Club look. So, but uh, no. Okay. I know. They like did a weird job of creating him because he's not just a guy in a suit. He's a guy in a like Hellfire dress. <laughs> 
with like very modern glasses and a beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was very strange. <laughs> but yeah, he's not going to be dressing up like Bible characters and having sex, but you know, it's fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. And very specific. <laughs> you know, I listen to your stuff, so that's fine. All right. <laughs> Back at the prison camp, the imprisoned mutants watch the splodies of the compound. They're told to get back to work just as a wind comes up. Oh, wind. We know what that means. Lightning hits the gauze. It's storm! She takes on a sentinel head on, but it's shot down. Enter Gambit. He heats up some nuts. Oh, heat up my nuts. <laughs> I, <hate> like that. <laughs> I love it. And throws them, knocking the sentinel from the cliff. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh. I'm gonna. Luke said, I was like, I'm gonna use my thrusters. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hit the ground too soon. <laughs> so, do you kind of see watching this episode, why as a kid, I was kind of like, Storm, man. <laughs> like, this is like she's the just, Storm fail episode. <laughs> she's just like so extra all the time, which I love that. It makes me laugh. But it's like, you know, if you're not going to do anything that exciting, why you got to be so extra? <laughs> yeah, she keeps just, like, rushing in headlong. She's not, like, planning anything. Like, There's no subtlety. The colors, go! I'm going to attack the signal yeah. head on. Like, stop, Storm, stop. Right. <laughs> There's no subtlety. It's just like, oh, I'm, you know, she's like, hear me raw, hear me raw, <laughs> like, like, all the time. <laughs> So <laughs> that's true. She's very Wolverine in this episode. <laughs> yes, but you know it's the goddess in her. Yeah, so, that's true. How I'm dare a golden goddess. Me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. in all the confusion, Jubilee grabs the collar remote and frees the mutants. They immediately begin attacking their captors. Storm tries to stop Blob from killing one of the guards. She ends up having to save the guard that Blob throws from a cliff. Jubilee asks Sunfire to help fight, but he refuses to follow her. Storm warns them of Master Mold to no avail. She calls on the rain to console her. Ah. <laughs> uh, here comes the rain again. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I noticed something, Kevin. What? The answer to our question. So What's with Chris and Intermagneto, we talked about in the courtroom, they said 11 mutants have gone missing. And we thought, are they at Genosha? When oh, Jubilee yeah. was looking down at the mutants, there were 11 mutants standing there. <gasps> Gasp. Well, there you go. Mystery solved for sure. For yep. factoidals. But not all of them were mutants we know. Some of them were created just for the episode. We've actually, I think, gotten through all of our cameos for this episode. But we had quite a okay. few. Wow, we did. We did. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to talk a little bit about X-Force. Uh, they started off as the New Mutants. And they became X-Force in April of 1991 in New Mutants number 100. The New Mutants, as a comic book, was kind of getting tired like not as many people buying it they wanted something new so they took some of the new mutants including like cannonball and richter and they had them transition over to x-force because there had been kind of a poll between professor x and cable like who do you want to follow and cable is like the trendy hip like 
wanting to get stuff done guy. And Professor X was like, oh, loser. So. <laughs> Kills me, the rock star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to me, some of the backstory of this episode is that either the New Mutants were, or the X-Force was kidnapped and Cable's trying to free them. Or they become X-Force because Cable frees them. And that's why all the X-Force are in this Genosha compound. Oh. See? Thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, this is uh, this is our friend. Um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Larry Houston. This is Larry Houston oh, yes. at work because he was the one in charge of filling in the background. So he chose means that were popular at the time. Did you go see him when he was at the LA Comic Con? No, I didn't get a chance to. No, I saw him. It's because I was always because when I was at LA Comic Con in my Cyclops outfit, when I dressed up like Cyclops for the day, I would go to the X Men area, the X Men little booth, because I had friends, cosplayer friends who were doing X Men characters there. So I go, I'm like, let's take pictures together, and then everyone's there at Larry Houston. And it's like, sign my X Men book, sign my X Men. I'm like, okay, but he was there being cool. Chilling out. So, cool. yeah, I've heard <laughs> yeah, he's a really cool guy because the, the guys at the comic book store all talk about how, like, yeah, he comes in here, he buys comics all the time. He's mm-hmm. cool. We talk about X Men. He's really chill. He's very, he's very chillax, you know, at least from mm-hmm. what I've seen. I never talked to him myself, but I've just observed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, number 18. Back at the compound, Trask and Gyrick are freaking out. Gyrick says he's Gyrick says he's abandoning the project. Enter Cable. He easily takes down a bunch of Sentinels, but Master Mold, Master Mold is quickly making more and upgraded ones at that. <laughs> yeah, like up to this point, I was like, Cable's too good for this. <laughs> episode he just runs in and easily like <laughs> takes everybody down i'm like why is he even struggle busting at all like why don't you do this in the like, first place yeah it's like <laughs> don't you think your talents would be better suited elsewhere i don't know yeah because <laughs> <laughs> like he blew up their whole compound with just one shot he kills the sentinels with one shot he's just like boom 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 i want you in my room i want you in Bye. my room <laughs> <laughs> We were we were in sync right there. Oh my gosh! Yes, we were. I didn't know in sync that. <laughs> now 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 there's a cover that I never knew I wanted. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> in the other room, the leader demands to be taken to his car, but the exit door explodes. It's Cable. He's really concerned that he's remembered as he is about to strike the new and improved Sentinel attacks. Do you remember me? <laughs> remember me. <laughs> okay. Back at the prison camp, Storm is pushing her powers to the limits. <laughs> Jubilee is worried for her, but Gambit pulls her away, leaving Storm to her powers. The rains cause the wall to flood. Unfortunately, Storm is still on it. She falls with the wall. Oh, right. Rogue catches her. Insert Southern Bell catchphrase here. Sugar. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> I love Rogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
in the getaway car, the leader asks Hodge if he's ever been to Switzerland. Not the best pickup line. The car suddenly screeches to a halt. It's Cable. He splodies the car. As Cable takes the leader hostage, Hodge pulls a gun on Cable. Cable laughs like a creeper as Storm Sled makes its way over. They're covered in water. <laughs> he was creeping very, or laughing very creepily. He's a really creepy character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I never know if he's going to, like, hit me or save me, you know? <laughs> like, <clears throat> I don't know, whatever his mood feels like. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, I don't like your face. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> At the threat of the oncoming waters... Master Mold and its sentinels stand up. Master Mold declares that it is still plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> the torrent breaks through the wall and destroys the compound. That made me laugh so much. I am still <laughs> plugged in. <laughs> Can't you unplug yourself? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's just like, pull a little harder, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> pew pew it or something. <laughs> right. I mean, you got you got all kinds of sentinels that coming out of you. You can't like make little splodies. You can't like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. On a, on a nearby hilltop, the Blackbird arrives. Gene, Cyclops, and Rogue have arrived just in time. They arrive back at the manor to find it destroyed. Ho ho ho! Yeah, they're like, the school, and Wolverine's like, grr, grr, like, grr. I'm like, oh. But I read that this was, like, not the ending that originally showed. Really? Yes, I was just on the fandom before this, and originally when this aired, they, like, landed peacefully at the school, and it was just, they're like, okay, the day's done, and they landed at the school, because the Juggernaut episode was not ready yet. Oh. So that's when they did, that's when they aired the cure and the one that's the Disney Plus way they aired those first because the Dragonette wasn't ready yet even though it's supposed to take place right after. Okay, I was just gonna mention that yeah, Disney Plus shows the cure as the next episode even though it's like this one goes directly into the Juggernaut and uh, the Unstoppable Juggernaut episode. So yeah, I forgot there is the other <laughs> uh, air date. So yeah, it's interesting that Disney Plus is going by that way. The episode originally aired on February 13th, 1993. Uh, Juggernaut, a Juggernaut was not ready to be aired for unknown reasons. <laughs> As such, the original airing of this episode had a different ending. Instead of the cliffhanger where the X-Men returned home to find the mansion destroyed, the episode ended with the typical stock footage of the Blackbird landing at the mansion. Uh, the Cure and Come the Apocalypse were aired the following weekend, when Slave Island was played in reruns for the first time, it had the original ending as intended. So, wow. in syndication, they brought it back to this normal, this normal one. But, huh. You learned me something new today. Look at that! Look at me! Look at <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, would you say this one is extreme or exit out? I am going to say it's extreme because we got... Lots of cameos. We got lots of more things started, you know. Uh, <laughs> Storm was a little extreme. So 
<laughs> but that's typical. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I would say extreme also for all the similar reasons. Like this first season to me is so amazing the way they're able to tie into each episode. And actually, um, Fox hated that. They were like, don't do that again because when there's production issues, they go in a certain order. But if they don't connect, you can just air them whenever. So that's kind of the reason why only first season is like this. Yeah. I remember they were getting mad. And I guess maybe because this first season was the one that had most of the production issues, apparently. Um, Yeah. Because I think, especially nowadays, too, shows are a lot better at keeping things, you know, together. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is your MXP or most excellent player? <laughs> I put Gambit. Oh. Um, because I just he was thought he was so clever to like act like a double agent, double crusher, and like I can save you. I got a, I got something working in my noggin, you know. And she's like, Yeah, I knew you wouldn't wouldn't betray us. I'm like, oh, how do, he's like, How do you know? She's like. She's like <laughs> what? <laughs> so he, it's just like don't be so sure and yeah she was like oh okay <laughs> put that seed of doubt in there again but i don't know i think it was kind of fun i liked i liked seeing gambit you know be gambit and and, and do that and then eventually save the day yeah actually yeah gambit is a good one i actually chose and this might surprise you jubilee <laughs> oh yeah, she was good, too. Yeah, I feel like she's the one who, like, riled up the mutants, got them to see, like, if we work together, we can get out of this dump. So, like, she couldn't have done it without Gambit, but, like, she's the one who started it, I think. Yeah, that's true. What would you say is the X Factor? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you may make fun of me for this one, but I put, you know, Storm ready to release her wrath. You know, even though she's totally not powerful enough yet, she's still weak from her box and or whatever. She's but she's like so she's so perturbed. She's like, How dare you do this to me? I will get you. She was gonna give it her own rant no matter what. And then, you know, she failed, but then the team backs her up. Rogue comes and saves the day, they get her. I'm like, just very ex team moment to me. I thought that was good. So <laughs> Yeah, this one there's a lot of like teamwork lessons to be had in this episode. So yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. see that. And that's very X-Men. Uh, for me, the X factor was the official like introduction of Genosha. Cause it's such a big part of the X-Men lore. Like there's so many stories tied to it. Like there's a point where a bunch of mutants were living on Genosha and they all got exterminated. And it's just such a big piece. It's so cool to see it like played out even if it is just contained in this small storyline. Yeah. 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 All right. Shall we get into the unstupable juggernaut? <laughs> sure. Speaking of juggernaut, that's the expose of the day, or second expose of the day, I should say. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the juggernaut. And his name is Kane Marco. Such like a wrestler name. Yeah. (laughs) That or a porn name or a porn wrestler. Either way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And he uh, has got powers of superhuman strength 
and stamina and durability. He's invulnerable when he has the mystical force field thing. His immunity to mental attacks via his helmet. So he's got some stuffs. And uh, he first appeared in the X-Men number 12, July 1965. Wow. And the Unstoppable Juggernaut, it actually played in, it looks like a double feature, it aired March 6, 1993, just like Slave Island, and it's written by Julie Ann Clem. Okay. The X-Men are on their way home as Cyclops Jean and Wolverine, Cyclops Jean and Wolverine, flirt. <laughs> Wait, Wolverine? Where has he been the whole time? (laughs) They find the mansion in ruins. Jean is worried about the professor. The X-Men go into action and dramatically dig through rubble with the theme song playing. I love where he's like, like just throwing the rocks. (laughs) Cyclops and Jean head to the war room as Jean mentally calls out to the professor, but there's no response. Scott tells Jean to have everyone come to the war room immediately. Oh my gosh, though, but there's some stuff. <laughs> when they're like running through the rubble, <laughs> Storm says something she's like, Wind ate my hands. <laughs> it's like, that is the weirdest thing. Ate my hands. Like, can you just lay, like, go get the rubble? <laughs> yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> it's like, what are your hands? They don't need to move your hands around. Like, that was a weird thing to say. <laughs> and then Jean's eyes, she's like, I can't sense Professor. That means he's God. And her eyes like, oh, or, or something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a By lot, life. yeah. And if you notice, like, Wolverine came back last episode he wasn't fighting on slave island but then he's just in the blackbird in the beginning of this one so was he just (laughs) sitting on the blackbird the whole time like flopping his claws yeah maybe he's like i'll come with you but i'm not doing anything i'll wait till you return (laughs) i sit where i want to (laughs) sit In the war room, Scott reveals a message from the professor. He's left a cryptic message that he is looking into something that may change their lives forever. Scott figures out that the message was left before the manor was destroyed and hopes for the best Mm. for Chuck. Outside the manor, Cyclops approaches Wolverine. Wolverine uncovers huge, perfect footprints. They fight over how best to find Professor X. Cyclops has Storm, Take Rogue, and Jubilee to follow Wolverine and stay close to him. Is this? Oh, this is the scene where Jubilee's got that fugly mummy sweater on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bad. It, was the, it was so ugly. Like, ew. <laughs> what kind of teenage girl wears that? Maybe she's she's still mad about the fat joke. <laughs> She's covering up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jubilee. <laughs> Storm, Rogue, and Jubilee drive after Wolverine, but in style, in a red convertible. Storm is frustrated that Wolverine is always running off. Jubilee spots Wolverine's Jeep. Storm says they should split up and look for Logan. 
<laughs> this is another thing that made me laugh because <laughs> they split up. But um, what'd she say? She's like, sort of like, keep in touch at all times. I'm like, hmm. How can you split up and keep in touch at all times? I don't understand this. Yeah, you crazy Thor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at a construction site, bristly men with bulging biceps blabber all the alliteration oh, on using nonsensical grunts, which I've just been doing all this scene. <laughs> Enter Jubilee. She asks, what's that? They say there's a new guy in town on the scene stealing all their work, but he may be a mutant. The building begins to crumble. Jubilee stands around uselessly waiting to be crushed, but Wolverine saves her just in time. (gasps) A big metal man walks out of the building, shining, shimmering, splendid. Oh! (laughs) It's Colossus from Russia. Oh, Russia. He powers down into flesh form. Oh, metal form and flesh form. Hard and soft. Oh, (laughs) Jubilee thinks Colossus totaled the mansion and wants to fight him. Wolverine tells her to wait and see how he handles the crowd. Mr. Rando drives a truck towards Colossus. But he powers up and stops it with his crotch, scaring away the workers. <laughs> with his crotch, you say? I mean, I was just sitting. The ice. I mean, it's the whole body, but like this thing was like, it's like here it is. My cock's like stopping this truck. Watch it, cock stop, <laughs> cock stop. So I love this scene with the truck because it reminds me of um, when his powers manifested a tractor was coming towards Ileana, his little sister. Ileana! Yes. And stopped the tractor. See? Yeah. 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 And this episode, I don't know this for sure. I didn't read this anywhere, but I really do think it's based on Uncanny X-Men 218 from June 1st, 1987. This is actually the one I talked about in our first episode, Kevin, the one where my uncle's friend bought me a comic and it featured Longshot, Dazzler, Psylocke, and Rogue. Because in that one, the four of them go out on the town and the town is being attacked by Juggernaut and they fight Juggernaut, the four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Just so happens there's four people on the town fighting Juggernaut. Yeah. Colossus is hurt that everyone ditched him once he powered up. Wolverine attacks him but is easily thrown. Jubilee gets in the way of Colossus and Wolverine and pew-pews him to no avail. Colossus wraps Jubilee in metal as Wolverine attacks. Wolverine smells Colossus. It sounds weird (laughs) saying. Wolverine smells Colossus. (laughs) I know. I love it. That that man milk cologne smells like, you know, I don't know, blood. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. And realizes that he's a different smell than the guy who crushed the mansion. Jubilee rushes over to check on Wolverine. He fills her in on Colossus not being the culprit. Rogue calls Jubilee and tells her to get over to the bonk with Wolverine. It's being robbed. Oh. I like when um, Colossus tells Wolverine I didn't do this, and Wolverine goes, you're right, Ivan. 
<laughs> like, huh? <laughs> You've got some arm. <laughs> but here, you talked about Gambit's butt, Colossus's butt in this, in those jeans. Yeah. Yes. And yes. he's wearing that wife beater. Like, he's looking good. Stupid American. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty fly for a Russian guy. He is. Yeah. Okay. At the bonk, Jubilee and Wolverine pull up next to Storm and Rogue. They all wonder who busted the piggy bank. <laughs> Colossus is there all metaled up to open an account. The police carry him into the police van. You can't open an account, mutant. Rogue volunteers to play welcome wagon to tall, dark, and Russian as her and Storm jump in the car. They plan on trying to get info on Colossus, this hunk of a mutant. <laughs> so this is like the weirdest scene to me because Colossus literally just left Jubilee and Wolverine and then Rogue calls Jubilee to be like, hey, the bank's being robbed. And Colossus is all meddled up apparently for reasons being carried by police who probably wouldn't be able to lift him. But then he's meddled down when they put him in the truck. I'm like, what is, what is this madness? What's happening? I understand. And he's like, give him like the sad puppy eyes. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> it was a really weird way to connect Colossus to the bank robbery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it works for a little 22-minute cartoon. Sure, sure. In the bank, Wolverine smells the same scent that he smelled at the mansion. He tells Jubilee they're close. We're close. Yes. Do you think he tells that to Cyclops? I'm close. <laughs> All in the right moments, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting the tingles just thinking about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> At the prison, Storm and Rogue enter the building. Rogue takes off her glove as she flirts with a cop. Okay. But I love it. She's like, oh, Storm, I'm gonna go flirt with him. And Storm just like rolls her eyes and made me laugh. She's like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> the guy, she's like, was the guard's like, cold hands and like, yours too, big, <laughs> like my father's. <laughs> <laughs> She sucks him dry. Oh, oh oh my. And takes his keys. (laughs) They enter the prison block and storm blast the cameras. They quickly find Colossus and break him out. Next door, beast. Oh, beast. We have nothing to do with you. So you're still in jail. Oh, but here, be cute with your book. Yes. Uh, He introduces the ladies to Colossus. Hey, peoples. Rogue and Storm, these are my friends. And here's this person that I met, Colossus. He's my friend, too. Love it. (laughs) He tells tells them to tell Jean thanks for the delicious cookies. (laughs) Storm holds off the guards as Rogue watches Colossus make a back door. I'm like, oh, Rogue wants to see Colossus's back door. Well... Oh, <laughs> Storm ices up their escape hole. 
I use certain words because I know you're immature. Like, me. <laughs> I mean, always. I'm like, yes, the back door and the hole of the back door, they go together like two birds of a feather, two buns in the oven. You know. Like. I, I really hope that everybody listening to this has already seen these episodes, or else they're gonna watch it and be like, I thought this was a porn. What? Are you <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> The way we describe it. <laughs> I mean, drive back doors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely don't don't help, but the show puts it in there too. It's like we're just That's amplifying true. what's already there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At another bonk, Juggernaut easily breaks the safe. He greedily starts stealing all the money. Wolverine and Jubilee call for Storm and Rogue from a neighboring building. The police fire on Juggs, but they haven't seen the title of this episode because he's unstoppable. Juggs easily plows through the cars and tanks, barring his exit. Wolverine and Jubilee move to intercept him. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the, the line. I mean, it's no, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. But it's a <laughs> sticks and stones may break my bones, but tanks will never hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I've been noticing? Every single thing Juggernaut says is like a book of pull string catchphrases. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he says. It's like a one-line catchphrase that I got from my, my villain's book or us or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, there we go. <laughs> he's full yeah, of them. He's not, he's not that different than he was in Pride of the X-Men. Like his voice even almost sounds similar. Yeah, where's dear stepbrother? <laughs> like, <laughs> dear stepbrother. <laughs> uh, so there, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and then he like when he walked over that police car, it looked like a pillow or something. It looked like fluffy. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, there's some <laughs> silly animation in this one. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine slashes the money bags from behind. Mr. Moneybags, Juggernaut doesn't notice. Wolverine attacks and Juggernaut demands to know where Dear Stepbrother is. <laughs> or Xavier is. <laughs> he says he was doing some banking to get Xavier's attention. Juggernaut is about to slam Wolverine when Jubilee pew-pews him from above. Juggernaut gets scared that Jubilee is going to hit him with her diaper. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> is he trying to fat shame her too? Is that what this is? <laughs> Your underwear is so big. I don't know. Anyway, Juggernaut gets Jubilee's full pew pew and gets annoyed with her. Fourth of July. What? <laughs> he picks up and shakes the building she's standing on. He's about to hit Jubes when Rogue and Colossus save the day. Save the day. I, I believe this is Samba <laughs> Take the day. The day. <laughs> oh, Samba the day? Okay. I don't know. Spelling here. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Colossus throws a car at Juggernaut. Juggernaut throws a bus back, so Colossus throws a tank. Juggernaut says, Thank you. <laughs> when he is suddenly blasted by Cyclops. He's so cheesy. <laughs> I know. 
Storm steps forward and wins a building onto Juggernaut, which is pretty, like, OP. She, like, used wins only to pick up that very small-looking building and slam it down onto Juggernaut. Yeah. (laughs) Jean is suddenly just there. Jean figures out (laughs) that the helmet blocks Juggernaut from telepathy. This gives Cyclops an idea, but it will only succeed if they work as a team. Yeah. So one thing that um, uh, the Lewalds did mention is, and in his book, Eric mentioned, uh, they typically just have people start. Like, they don't, you're very rarely going to see, like, the X-Men walk into a scene. But I didn't know it was so much so that, like, she's just there. (laughs) We cut (laughs) away from Cyclops, and then Jean's next to him. (laughs) She's Bamfin. That's what it is. I'm Bamfin like Nightcrawler. (laughs) Because that's what I do. That's not my power. I I don't care. (laughs) I think it's worth noting that Juggernaut and Colossus also fight in Deadpool 2. And there's also a bus thrown in that. Inspiration, perhaps? I think so. (laughs) All right. Juggernaut frees himself from the building rubble. Baby cuddles Jubilee Pew Pew's jugs. <laughs> then Cyclops blasts him. Colossus punches Juggernaut from behind and Storm summons Fog. Wolverine slashes at the helmet, loosening it. Colossus holds Juggernaut as Rogue rips off the helmet. Storm ices the ground under jugs and Rogue absorbs jugs' power. What a crazy action teamwork scene. Love it. It drives her crazy with hate for Charles. She flies up doing that rogue scream. This is like the most bird-like shriek I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. I can't can't do it. Meanwhile, your neighbors are calling the police. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, whoa. Bird of prey. This is the eagle, the hawk coming at you. Um, storm flies to stabilize her. <laughs> Please don't do the scream again. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> so this is a very similar wrap up to Uncanny X Men 218 I mentioned earlier because Rogue does well. Longshot kicks Juggernaut, which doesn't do much. Rogue is the one who pulls off his helmet, and Psylocke knocks him out with her telepathy. So it's very mm. similar. Ah. But I do want to point out, was Jubilee needed for this teamwork? Because she pew-pewed, and then Cyclops pew-pewed, so they both did the same thing. And I'm like, you just needed to give Jubilee something to do, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 By our pew pews combined. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Juggernaut is woozy from Rogue's attack. As he limps away, Jean wearing cer- Cerebro flies in. She attacks his mind. Juggernaut is helpless to brain power. Jean faints. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first of the, well, the mo- many of those will come. <laughs> many oh, of yes. those. Gene Gatson. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Cool. 15. Meanwhile, Rogue is still struggling with Juggernaut's power. She releases it into the atmosphere and falls. Colossus catches her. So sweet. Down the street, a confused Juggernaut asks Jubilee what she's looking at and walks away with amnesia. <laughs> um... Oh, or that one thing. Oh, there's one thing when I think it's when uh, Storm put the house on him, or the building on him. Jubilee was like, "You killed him!" Yes. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, she's like, she's like, "You killed him!" <laughs> like she's like so happy, she's so excited. <laughs> yeah, like oh, that's dark. <laughs> so speaking of Jubilee, we have a '90s moment because she says, "Totally awesome." <laughs> Nineties moments. I did think about that too. <laughs> totally <laughs> awesome. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully this brings back a memory for you. But back at the dilapidated manor, <laughs> Colossus helps the X Men rebuild. Jubilee and Wolverine invite him to stay. Colossus says he can't. He's looking for his sister, Eliana. Jubilee says the mansion is the first place that felt like home. Aw, so sweet. (laughs) I have loved Eliana since I was a kid. I remember, like, I had her card before I really knew who she was, and she just looked so cool. But on the back of the card, it said deceased. And I was like, what happened to this really cool-looking girl? Yeah. (laughs) She has a really beautiful name. I love her name. Yeah. She's also tattooed to my arm because I love her. I remember. Yeah. Yes. You've seen it in person. (laughs) I have. Cool. So that's the unstoppable juggernaut. There it be. There it be. So would you say this is extreme or exit out? Oh, I'm extreme in this one. I loved this one. (laughs) Yeah. It's a fun one. Like, Juggernaut's fun. It also reminds me, like I said, of my comic. And, like, it's just a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Who would you say is the MXP? I put Colossus. Because <laughs> he's just, like, a sweet guy. Super kind. Kind of naive. <laughs> but he's just, like, always doing, the like, the nicest things. He's like... I got stuff to do, but yeah, I'll build, I'll rebuild your house. That's fine. <laughs> like, so he's just super cool. I love him. Yeah, I love him too. So this is, I think, the first time that we agree. But I, th- I love the fact that like we get a lesson in this. Like, never jump to a conclusion just because he's bulky and strong doesn't mean he's the one who did it. And he's right. so. We can learn from Colossus also, like, just because somebody wrongs you doesn't mean you have to wrong them back. Like, try to help them. Like, show them the errors of their way. So, very well mm-hmm. written. Yeah. What would you say is the X Factor? My X Factor is going back to my guy Cyclops. Getting the team together. He's like, what do you say? He says, I'm like, let's all of us work together for a change. <laughs> like, for a change? Like, you've been having some hard times working together. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was good. I'm, he's Cyclops leading the team like he do. 
Yeah, and it very much feels like, to me, like any one of the comics, because with like the random villain of the week, with the random mutant helping that mutant. So it very much fits within our world of X-Men. So they did a really good job of interpreting comics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did have one thing that kind of bothered me real quick. Okay. The fact that Beast was so willing for Colossus to break out of prison when he's like being a <laughs> martyr. <laughs> I know. I know. They're like, you should come join us. Break out with him. He's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, but take him. Yeah, he can. He deserves yeah, it. You <laughs> do it. You have fun. But I'm going to stay here. But you break out. <laughs> yeah, you break out. I'm not with you. I'm. I'm the cool. I'm the high ground one. <laughs> <laughs> so um for next week's que- or this week's question that will will reveal next week what the answer is i was inspired by colossus okay so the question is who is your favorite of the i guess i'll call them technically the second team of x-men even though that's been retconned but so that would be who's your favorite out of storm colossus wolverine nightcrawler thunderbird banshee Am I, who am I forgetting? Uh, I don't know. I think that's everybody. <laughs> oh, well. I'll put it on Spotify after I look it up. <laughs> I'm going out yeah. of memory here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I'm super excited because next week, not only are we talking about two of the best episodes, The Cure and Come the Apocalypse, we're talking about two of the best episodes, The Cure and the Apocalypse, with one of the best podcasters for X-Men, Paul. Yay! So excited. (laughs) Yeah, so we're having Paul from uh, Power of X-Men come over to help us run down these episodes. Woohoo! It's going to be great. (laughs) And I'm excited. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm really excited to rant about Mystique and Destiny since we were asked to. Um, I have very strong feelings about Mystique and Destiny, so you're going to get a mouthful from me. I can't wait for that, too. That sounds great. That sounds great. I just realized I said you're going to get a mouthful. <laughs> I'm also going to talk about Mystique and Destiny. <laughs> you know? All of it. All of it. <laughs> All right. Where can we find you, Kevin? Sure. Uh, yeah. You can find me and my other podcast, Words of the Witches with the Charmed Books. You can find you and me Teaming up again with Hanging with the Hallowells, another Charmed podcast, <laughs> or my personal one, KGZ87. Yeah, and just like Kevin alluded to, you can find me on uh, Once Upon a Cult, where last week we talked about Hellfire Club, including them dressing up as biblical characters and having sex. Um, <laughs> also, restarting on Monday, you can find me on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, where Alan and I talk about all the Disney parks, Marvel, Star Wars, Disney news, all in one place. <laughs> oh my God, how are you not dead? <laughs> I know. Well, I figured it's a good time to bring it back because Colt's going on a break and then we're almost done with hanging. So So, I'm going to be really busy for a while, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Things will And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Alan and I have some uh, revamps we did to this show. So it's going to be kind of a different structure, which I think is going to be fun and add a lot to it. Okay. Cool, cool. Cool. Well, thank you for listening and catch us next week for The Cure and Come the Apocalypse. Ba-dum. Ba-dum. Ba-dum.